Assalamu alaikum. Uh, we're just going to continue where we left off. Um, Adib, <coughs> tell us a little bit about your legal case, the role that Taba played in it. Um, we know that uh, there was an attorney by the name of Katie Gilbert in 2009. She, uh, she was working with Yusuf. Um, how did Katie Gilbert come onto your case or how, how did all this get connected, all the dots get connected? Uh, that's uh, connected, you know, first from, like I said, we all were going to the board at the time, you know, when, uh, when I first got to Avenal and, you know, we were being denied parole. Uh, I think it, it initially started after uh, Yousef. You know, when Yousef, uh, he was found suitable for parole and uh, that's kind of like when the initial, you know, uh, interest in my case uh, came. Because uh, it was after Yousef, after Yousef had gotten out, or didn't know. No, I think I went to a parole hearing one time while he was there and it was under Katie Gilbert. Uh, but I, no, I think you, you paid. That's that's, that's that. no. He was out because yeah. So the money had to be raised. You raised the money or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was yeah. one. Uh, it was yes. I think two thousand because Yusuf got out in Tahir got out in two thousand eleven. Mm -hmm. Yusuf got out the following year, two thousand twelve, mm -hmm. and then the following year, two thousand thirteen, we had a uh, a Teva event at a Masjid in Pleasanton, exactly. at MCC. And we were given a presentation, and I think they did a small fundraiser. And then uh, Yusuf mentioned that one of our, the, the, our students, Adib, uh, needs uh, legal fees. And actually, one person who was in the audience, he came up and he asked me, um, how much will it be? And I mentioned, he said, I'll cover the whole thing. And that's how that legal, <laughs> that's how that legal process happened. Yeah. You know, and but nobody ever explained to you the story like that, or or, or you that's pretty much that's pretty that. much what he explained. This is pretty okay, much okay. What, what, uh, what took place at the time. And what were your thoughts like? Wow, like somebody is taking wants to help me. Somebody's exactly. taking interest. Yeah, exactly. Because I had I had an attorney before. You know, my father he paid for it, okay. uh, which was back in like two thousand two, and um, you know it, it, it didn't go anywhere. I was wanted to you know be found unsuitable for parole because at that time there was no parole policy so mm -hmm. it didn't make a difference how much money you had you know or how good your attorney was uh they just weren't they weren't following the law yeah you know and then i think another um difference with katie is that she actually she wasn't taking it as just a job mm -hmm. you know she was going up and down the state of california uh, really looking into the status of the lifers, why are they being denied, how we can we address this and so forth, and taking these cases. Um, and then with Adib's in particular, the way Yusuf explained it to me, even after she she took that initial uh, amount to represent you at the first mm -hmm. board of parole hearings, she was impacted by the fact that, oh wow, there here's this organization that is not related, it's not family members, mm -hmm. you know, in that sense, you know, it's not mm -hmm. blood that's taken. Um, uh, and so she said, wow, the, here's these people, they're taking an interest. I'm going to continue with the, the case mm -hmm. because that initial payment was just for one parole, uh, one parole hearing. One parole hearing. But she stuck with it. She did three of them all together. She did three? Yes. Wow. Yes, you did three of them. She did that one that you guys paid for. <clears throat> then she turned back around and she did another one. And I got denied. And then this last one. Because I had got it denied a year or so. Mm -hmm. So she said, I'm going to continue to do yours for free. Mm -hmm. And 
Then the next time I came in, that's when I was found suitable. And and in what year were you found suitable? Uh, what year is this? 2017? 2016. Yeah, I don't stop counting now. Yeah, yeah. You got out in 16. <laughs> yeah, uh, 2016, September. I was found suitable March, uh, March, April, 2016, something like that. And then how did, how did you feel like going to that board? Did you feel like it was time? It was that, that did she prep you like, you knew that this was it you're after all this time that you're coming home well she just i mean that parole hearing i just you know get into a mindset once you go to so many parole hearings you know you become almost uh for me you know become it's a desensitized another one of those desensitized moments you know where uh when you have been denied i've been 15 parole hearings and you know the 14 of them i've been denied and it didn't make a difference, you know, what I was doing, uh, you know, how many classes I was taking. Uh, it just didn't make a difference. And kind of like went into the 15th parole hearing. I said, well, regardless of what the board is saying or that I'm not lacking or not doing, uh, I just continue to be progressive in what I was doing. I said, I'm not going to let that be a reason for me to stop doing what I need to do for myself. So... You know, because I didn't need any different disciplinary actions and, and, and those type of things uh, or changing attitude. So I just kind of like, uh, you know, just continued. So when, when the year when the year uh, afterwards, you know, she came back and when I went into the, you know, she said uh, these because she had insight on commissioners and stuff mm -hmm. about, about board, you know, because uh, she would have you know communications with them and she had a feel on how the commissioners would, you know, would rule. Uh, so when I went into that the last that last parole hearing where I was finally suitable, you know, her thing was, you know, we got some good commissioners this time, you know. <laughs> and uh, I just went in there and I just, you know, kind of just done what I always did. And I could tell right from the moment, you know, that it was something different about that that parole hearing because of the way they talked to me, the way they, you know, kind of. Uh, uh, you know, they didn't cut me off or, you know, kind of had they, it was, you know, prescripted on what, what mm -hmm. they were, what the determination was going to be. You know, it was just kind of, you know, it just kind of flowed as, it's, it's something different about this parole hearing, you know. So, and then, they, you know, after you get to the point where the decision comes in, it's like, you're suitable for parole. I'm like, huh? <laughs> So I'm just stuck on those words. Anything else you're saying, I, I, you know, I didn't hear. <laughs> I had to go back and read transcripts, you know what I'm saying, what they were saying. Yeah. But once, you know, once you hear the, the term suitable, you know, everything just blanks out. You're like, huh? I didn't hear anything else. You know, and Katie was just, I'm just suitable. <laughs> so that's pretty much how I rolled it, it you know, uh, once I was found suitable. So I, it pretty much when, when, when they broke for recess, you know, she was kind of like, you got it. So what? <laughs> so, so I had the feeling, you know, that good you know, at recess, that, that, that it was uh, that it was all good. Yeah. So thirty-six years, fifteen parole board hearings. Mm -hmm. How have you maintained this just beautiful internal, like just just your zeal of just continuing to go, like just just. How do you continue just to maintain 
just and not lose it you know after the fifth the sixth the seventh the eighth the ninth the the 13th time the 14th time how have you been able to maintain like is islam helped you in this to maintain the like this attitude of just like it's alhamdulillah either way uh i have to you know i always you know uh reflect you know even you know right up until this time i always reflect that had it not been for islam i wouldn't be in the position that i'm in right now so uh i have to attribute everything to islam you know to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh where i'm at this point you know and always you know give uh you know praise and thanks to uh you know where i'm at at this moment you know i mean i'm not you know picture perfect you know those type of things but you know through allah's mercy and grace you know uh continues to move forward and, and, and things just happen. I just humbly love. And so now that you're home, how has your life been this past year since you've been home? Uh life has been a struggle. You know, life has been a struggle. Uh you know, at this particular time uh, at this moment, you know, I'm in transition with you know two months to figure out okay where I'm going from this point. Uh the, the first year that I've been out, you know, it's all about work. It's all about, you know, getting my resources together, uh, which I've done. Uh, I just recently bought a car. Uh, so it's just, you know, just doing little things at a time and doing it slowly, not being in a hurry to do those things and just, you know, trying to make things uh, uh, come together where uh, I'm not creating a situation where I gotta become nervous about, you know, what I'm gonna do next, you know. So while you were incarcerated, like your your like these hopes and dreams that you have while you're incarcerated, and you say eventually I'll go home one day. In this past year, have a lot of those things that you imagine what it would be like. Is it like that, or is it totally different? A lot of the things that I thought it would be like is totally different, you know. A uh, good thing, bad thing, I just... Well, it's just part of the, part of the struggle. I mean, okay. you know, uh, Islam is said that the struggle is, you know, is upward. You know, it's nothing easy about the struggle. It's what you do in between it, you know. Uh, applications, you know, uh, uh, what you should do when you re meet these certain situations, you know. How are you going to handle it, you know? You're going to put the Islamic, you know... Uh, uh, you know what you've learned in Islam. Are you going to use that as the, as the means to guide and direct you, or you know you'll put that to the background and uh, try to wing it on your own? You know, my thing is is to try to keep it you know within Islamic context and and just keep moving from there because that's what's worked for me. It's it's you know, at this point this is, that's what works. So uh, I can't see uh, you know any other application. Since you went home to Buffalo. How was it like seeing your family? Because I know you mentioned to, to me in the past that a lot of your family have passed away during your long incarceration. But what was it like seeing your family now after all these years? Uh, it, was, it was interesting. <laughs> it was interesting. I mean, I hadn't seen my brother, uh, my younger brother. I hadn't seen him since he was 16. So he's 55. He'll be 55 in December, December the 1st. And then when I first saw him, I'm like, I'm looking up to him. I said, how do you get to be 
bigger than all of us. You know, he's a little runt, you know, when I, when I left. I said, but now you're taller than everybody. And he's kind of, kind of chunky too. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know. Uh, and, and then my, uh, the brother that's older than me, you know, uh, uh, he was there, you know, he looks like my father. That's when I seen him. I said, he looks just like my father. They tell me I look like my brother. I, I look like my mother. And everybody kept telling me my oldest brother, he passed away too. Uh, everybody kept looking. When I, when I came out the door, they kept looking at like, Philip, that, like, oh, Philip, who, who is that? And I'm like, the whole 10 days, every time I got, you know, to see somebody that I hadn't seen in a long time, the first thing they say, is that, is that Philip? Because they say I look like my older brother. So I'm like, I'm not Philip. I kind of look and, Robert? Yeah. You know, so it was, it was, you know, that kind of situation, yeah. How has your family reacted now with the slum? Like, what, what was like? Oh, they know, they know, they know how okay. okay. you know, I'm, I'm, you know, on this, on this page right now. Okay. And, you know, they, they know, you know, because when the phone goes off, you know, with the, with the Adon, it's time for prayer and those type of things, you know, oh, you got to go pray, huh? Yeah. You know, we're going to go find a spot. You know? <laughs> so it was more or less, you know, when it got to, you know, first couple of days after that, you know, it was like, okay, yeah, he got to go pray, you know. Yeah, y'all know what time is. Y'all hear that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they just accepted it. They accepted it. I mean, they, they're, they're, you know, they had their little alcohol and stuff like that there, you know, and they, they know I don't drink, you know, they said, okay, you know, you want ginger ale? Or, yeah, ginger ale. <laughs> <laughs> the only kind of ale you're going to drink, huh? The only kind of ale. I'm Root drink. beer and ginger ale. Root beer, ginger ale, it's, that's it. Since you've been home, have you attached yourself to a, 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 a Muslim community or um, is there a regular masjid that you attend or? Because uh, I know the situation is kind of difficult by being in this transition. Yeah, within a within year, you know, I was going out to the Lighthouse, uh, the Lighthouse in Oakland. Uh, periodically, I would come out here, you know, we go to Masjid Huda out there. Uh, and then I would go down to uh, Jones Streets, uh, mm -hmm. uh, I think Dar es Salaam, that's what they call it on Jones, uh, Masjid Dar es Salaam, I, I believe, I can see the sign in here. I think it's Masjid Salaam, I think that's what it is. But uh, I just kind of just moved around, you know, and seen, you know, the different, uh, uh, the dynamics that, you know, that take place in, in, in Masjid. Uh, you know, Jones Street is more immigrant Muslim, kind of, you know, with a mixture of uh, African, you know, those type of, that, you know. It's, and it's pretty big, you know, on Fridays, uh, Juma is like packed, you know. So, you know, I was going in there because everybody get off work, mm -hmm. you know, and they mm -hmm. do the Juma and they go back to work, you know. So that, and that was, that was uh, you know, that was nice. But uh, majority of the time, because I was working in Rockridge also, in uh, Rockridge, Oakland. So I would go to the lighthouse and I had a, uh, my employer would uh, allow me to spend time to where I work, you know, four hours and spend the time and I could leave work and come back in about an hour and a half and finish off the other four hours. So that worked out. Mm -hmm. So after that, I mean, where I am right now, though, they won't let me go. They won't let me do nothing. You know? <laughs> So I said, well, I won't be here long. 